Hey y'all, welcome to the Whatever You Do podcast. I am so glad that you're here. I hope that whatever you're facing today, wherever you are, you walk away from this space lifted a little higher. The foundation of this podcast is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. That's what we're about around here, lifting each other up and giving God glory. Be encouraged, friends. Hey, y'all. So today we are going to talk about passion. Let me backtrack and tell you that this is the first episode of a new series. Last episode, I did an intro to what the series would be about. So if you haven't listened to that, go back to the previous episode and listen to that. And this is the first one where we get to dive in and start digging deep. I ask you in that episode, what was your passion? What are you passionate about? And we talked very briefly about how the enemy likes to attack our passion. Today, I want to dive into scripture, pick it apart, and share my heart with you here. Now, remember, I am going to be reading several passages from the book Fervent by Priscilla Shire. I will tell you when I'm reading those and I will be sure to put that book information in my show notes. So every chapter she starts out by stating if she were your enemy, what she would do. And this part is so powerful to me because it reminds me that we do in fact have a true enemy And he meets us in our day-to-day things. He's very strategic. He's studying our game plan. And he knows the ins and outs. And he tries his very best to make his way in our day-to-day. So this chapter on passion says, If I were your enemy, I'd seek to dim your passion. I'd dull your interest in spiritual things. Dampen your belief in God's ability and his personal concern for you, and convince you that the hope you've lost is never coming back and was probably just a lie to begin with. Can you relate to that? Are you there right now? Have you been there before? If not, praise God. If so, I have some truths to pour out to you today. A way for us to get back to that path to be able to pick up our passion again. And let me tell you, if that is not you, hold this word so dear because you may need it in the future. You may cross paths with someone that needs it as well. Priscilla says, passion is what pushes the athlete to run one more lap. Passion is what keeps a piano player anchored to the practice bench when no one else is around to notice the effort or give a pat on the back of approval. Passion is what inspires the eager young employee to outperform expectations instead of just punching the clock to earn a paycheck. 
Passion is the fuel and the engine of your purpose. It's your want to. It's what keeps you going when mundane tasks bore you or difficult ones dissuade you. Passion is what keeps you moving in the direction your best intentions want to go. We must be quick to remember that our enemy is a full-time accuser. The Bible says that he does that day and night. He is watching us. He is waiting and he wants to dim our passion. So we will be susceptible to temptation and the belief of his lies. If he can beat us down and get us to that place where our passion is no longer, then he can get us to believe that we shouldn't pray, that we shouldn't fight back, that we shouldn't stand on God's truth. He can get us to believe that our marriage will always be hopeless, tense, and broken. He can get us to believe that our child will always be rebellious. He can get us to believe that we will never have enough. He can get us to believe that healing is not ours. So if the enemy is the full-time accuser, then we have a full-time defense, friends. And that full-time defense is God and God's word. So let's go there. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we're going to read a story about Elisha. And Elisha is a prophet. And here he is with a group training to be prophets. I'm going to read 2 Kings chapter 6, the first seven verses with you. It says, The sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Please notice that the place where we live under your supervision is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan where we can each get a log and can build ourselves a place to live. Go, he said. Then one said, please come with your servants. I'll come, he answered. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Oh, my master, it is borrowed. Then the man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, the man of God cut a piece of wood, threw it there, and made the iron float. Then he said, pick it up. So he reached out and he took it. Have you ever borrowed something from a friend, maybe a family member, and you lost it? How did that make you feel? I can imagine this servant as he lost that borrowed axe, his panic and almost like a sick feeling in his stomach of what am I going to do? But what we learn from this story is that despite the lost axe, the presence of God was still near. We know that Elisha was a prophet and therefore if Elijah was with them, and the Spirit of God was there too. And friends, that gives me hope because just like he lost his tool that he needed to move forward and build what he needed to build, if we lose our passion and we don't have direction 
and moving forward to build what we need to build, God is still there. The enemy would get us to believe that the reason our passion is gone is because God is gone. But I can assure you that God is near. We also see in this same set of scriptures that the servant was doing something good when he lost the axe. So be reminded that sometimes you are doing good things. You are doing them well. And your passion may dim. I know I myself love to write. I feel like when I sit down and I journal and I write consistently, that is where the Lord speaks to me most. And I can look back on my life and see seasons where I was doing that faithfully and consistently and well. And yet I still was starting to lose my passion. The enemy was still coming into that space and trying to take my focus. So even if you are walking out the will of God and you are doing what glorifies him, your passion can still dim in that space. Just like the man was doing well. He had chopped all the trees. He was building a new place. He was doing what he was called to do, and he still lost his tool. But there is still hope. The scripture points out that the axe was borrowed. It was borrowed from a friend. And what's beautiful about that is that we have to remember the gifts that we have within us, the fruit of the spirit that we have within us, They are from the Holy Spirit. They are from God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we can consider them borrowed gifts. We have them because he has them, not because we possess them, but because he has them and he has given them to us. So this man's axe was borrowed and so is in some ways our passion and our fire. And so when we lose it, we start to feel guilty, like we were personally responsible whenever our passion to pray is weak. But instead, we can turn back to the one who carries all that we would ever need, the giver. And we can say, I don't see it here, but I know that you have it there. Can you let me take part in it again? And the last point made in this scripture, I'm sure there are many, but the last point made in the book about this scripture is that only a work of God could retrieve the axe head. So at the end of the story, we see that the axe sunk into the water. It's down there. It's gone. Goodbye. But Elisha cuts a piece of wood. He throws it out there. The axe floats and he tells the servant to get it. That is a miracle. And sometimes, friends, it takes a full-on miracle to retrieve our passion again. But what I want to tell you is don't limit God. God is still a miracle worker. 
He, more than anyone, wants you to pick up your passion again. Therefore, he will make a way when there seems no way. As we end today, I hope that your spirit is lifted higher. I want to give you a couple verses to cling to. Go back to that story in 2 Kings chapter 6 and read it for yourself. Hold on to the truth that is there. Also, walk over to Jeremiah 29 verses 12 and 13. They say, call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. That tells me that I can call upon God at any moment, in any season, whether my passion is nowhere to be seen or at the highest of highs. I can call on him. I can pray to him and he will listen. He will listen. I always think about that scripture and I think about how it's a promise that when we seek him, we are going to find him. The other scripture I want you to just cling to is Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of the flesh. That one, the word new sticks out to me. When our passion is dim, we don't have that want to. We've believed the lies of the enemy for far too long. We have a God that is willing to create new. New heart, new spirit within you, friend. Within you. I pray wherever you are today, whatever season you are in with the passion that God has put inside of you, that this episode would stir you to reach for him more. Have a beautiful day. Hey friends, it's such an honor to sit with you and share with you today. Thank you for using your time here with me in this space. I pray that you truly do see that everything you do could be for the glory of God. I pray that you have eyes to see His goodness in all things and that you are so encouraged by His truth. I'll see you next time.